get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back to the 84th episode of the What Up Though Podcast. Um, yes, sir. I'm Otis. I'm here. And Mike's here. Yep. So, coming back from a really good uh I'm in the episode. motherfucking building. Right. Oh, in the, the, the studio. In the quote-unquote studio. With the quote, yeah. We're, we're happy to be back out here. Um, last week, we had a... I think we were recording, doing a lot of takeoffs and landings at the airport, so... Although I hear it wasn't as bad on the recording, but that shit sounded loud as fuck here, though. Yeah, but, I mean, if it's if it's not coming through in the recording, that's cool. And we closed the garage door because the wind is out here being a fuck nigga, so... Alright, you close yeah. the door. As soon as you close the door, it hit the garage door, like, let me in, bitch. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but uh, we had a really good episode last week. Last week was episode 83, The Curious Case of Kim Kardashian, and we had a bunch of feedback, so... On our Twitter page and stuff, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I actually got a lot of fucking plays um, last week as well. So shout out to anybody who listened and shared and so forth. We haven't had a really good week of plays, and I say really good, meaning like at least north of a hundred. Um, so we did pretty good last week. So thanks, to, thanks to all for that shit. Yeah, we ended up hitting like two hundred some plays last week. Yeah, yeah, so, it was nice. We ain't hit that in a long time, so. And we got a healthy amount of emails, which is nice, because we typically don't get too much feedback, but we got a we got a healthy amount of feedback to the point of, like, I'm wondering, like, discussing these topics, if we're going to have time to discuss the topics that we actually have or that I actually have in my notes, but uh, some of the questions tie into some of the topics, so well, uh, kind of like a two birds with one stone kind of deal. I'm kind of like, let's uh, let's get all of the... All of the listener questions, and if we have time to do ours, but you know, I, we had a couple of weeks where we missed some uh, listener questions and things of that nature. So, I I like to try to cover as many listening listener questions as possible. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, don't want y'all think we out here ignoring without, shit. Uh, without you, there's no us. <laughs> <laughs> that was gay. It was, yeah. It was gay. yeah, yeah. So, um, where do you want to start? Man, let's just uh, open up the emails and just kind of start from there. Um, the first thing that I got, though, um, it actually wasn't a question, but I haven't listened to it because I wanted to save it. But uh, Baylor the Great, you remember uh, last week we talked about the, um, well, it was his question about who, what Detroit rappers we would pit against other rappers from other regions, I guess. Oh, okay. And okay. we were clowning him for putting Nipsey Hussle on, like, third and shit. Like, well, if I can't use Tupac, let me use, let me use Nipsey Hussle. And, like, that same day, he said he was going to hit us with his uh, reply on why he chose Nipsey Hussle. So, uh, I guess I'll play that because I haven't listened to it. So, um, I'll play that. And, I mean, I'm assuming it'll pick up. So, yeah, you um, got a mic. Fuck it. Play it. Yeah, I'll just put it up to the mic and we'll see what happens. So, look. So, let me explain the whole Nipsey thing. 
first, of course, my nigga. If I wanted to put the strongest three, I mean, I would have. I got a category of niggas that I could put. I could pick. If I wanted to go with the strongest, I'll say Pac, Easy E, and Dre, or Pac, Easy E, Kendrick, or Snoop, Pac, and Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? Those Pac and Kendrick is going to be in there when we talk about the top three. Now, the reason why I didn't say Dre and DJ Quick and you know Warren G. We don't look at them as, like, official artists. Those niggas, those are producers that rap. You know what I'm saying? So, but, even if you do give us that, that's just more niggas. It wouldn't even be fair. It'd be like, just like <laughs> y'all said, it'd just come down to New York and L.A., which I'm not handing them niggas over the title that easy. We got <laughs> niggas, too. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole that's nother uh, yeah, segment, a whole nother fight. But, back to the whole Nipsey thing is... One thing that you got to understand about L.A. niggas is we all grew up in the gang culture. Not necessarily gang banging, but we grew up around it. Most of it, and you, if you know the history, most of the niggas that we listen to or the most of the niggas that we have out uh, historically, all the niggas gang bang. Either, either they did or they was around it. So that was the culture we grew up in. Nipsey Hussle is, uh, is like L.A. walking. This nigga is the exact... Whatever you think L.A. is as far as gang. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll start it back up. That's what Nipsey Hussle is. But the nigga could spit, though. And I no, I don't know the nigga personally. Have I met him? Plenty of times. The nigga used to stay, like, right down the street. The nigga was a the was official my gangster. <laughs> like, gang banger. I brought like, some sugar from that up, nigga one. Blue flag. <laughs> You know, that type of shit. The, the shit that he talking about, I can I can vouch for it. The nigga really did it. And I don't know if the nigga still do it, but I don't think he should. The business side that nigga has, I mean, come on. This was the first nigga to sell his album for $100, and Jay-Z was the first nigga to buy, what, 100 copies, I think? But that's a whole other story. What I'm saying is, I wanted the album to make sense. Eminem and Royce... And y'all could throw in anybody else, tell you the truth, and that album will be fire. Because when we came up, listening to those two niggas, they were Detroit. Them niggas was Detroit. They bled Detroit. Those niggas taught us about Detroit. When you listen to Pac, Pac is overall. That nigga can teach you about any coach. Kendrick is going to teach you about Compton, but he can also go with that overall route like Pac. Nipsey... That nigga is L.A. Now, he can get deep, too, but that nigga is going to make sure you know he from L.A. And so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain in an email when I'm not able to respond quick. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to have questions, of course. But if I had to, the only downfall of sending feedback in is that if I ask a question, I would have to send in paragraph explaining this that and the third um but i just wanted to make it real simple and be like i should have i should have reworded it a certain way because i wanted to say an album that makes sense so having of course you put Pac and kendrick on the album and those two niggas go together at nipsey would be like (laughs) you know it'd be like adding some spice to it now i just i understand that i said if i took Pac away you know what I'm saying? It would be Q, Kendrick, and Nipsey. I mean, Q 
Cube was political too. You know what I'm saying? He just didn't hit hard as Pac did. And all these niggas, the three niggas that I just said, all came from the gang culture. That's what represents L.A. So I'm saying whatever represents your city, you put forward. You don't have to put the strongest niggas because I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure when it comes to those East Coast niggas, the first niggas they gonna grab is Big, Jay-Z, and Nas. They was gonna be true. the first nigga, and depending on the generation, you know what I'm saying? Also they got Rock Kim, they got Big Daddy Kane, they got a gang of niggas or whatever. We got a gang of niggas too, but I'm talking about an album that makes sense. Shit, I could put a I could put a uh I could pick Warren G, Nate Dogg, and Snoop, and that shit a bang. But I'm not going for that type of sound. I want some heavy hitting shit, some deep thought or whatever, but I also want to throw our culture in it. And like I said, Nipsey is, is full of L.A. culture. And the nigga is dope. I'm not sure how much y'all know about him. Y'all need to dig in. See, this is one thing about L.A. niggas. We digging other niggas' crates. I've been digging in y'all crate for the longest trying to find some niggas. The only nigga that I found within the past two years was a nigga named Chuck English. And that nigga is dope to me, to, to, to tell you the truth. I, I want to pause it just for a second because... I wanted to mention that I thought coming into this email, I was like, it's a strong possibility that he's not going to be able to sell me on the idea of including Nipsey Hussle in his grouping. And I was dead ass wrong. <laughs> like his logic is strong as fuck. Well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious of how influential, I mean, cause he mentions the gang culture and stuff like that. And he mentioned it a few times and I'm now I'm kind of curious of like, and I never really thought about it, um, of like how that, influence a lot of the artists or how they look at that as being representative of la that's something that we wouldn't know not being from there right and like i get i get that like i i I can get that like so i i I haven't heard he asked how familiar we are with his music i'm not familiar at all but his already his voicemail has me to the point where i want to look into it so like i'm curious to see what kind of music he makes and then i'm also even if like let's just say theoretically i listen to it and it's just not for me i could still rock with his his logic behind the inclusion, like the idea of like, okay, so I want a guy like Kendrick. I want a guy like uh cube. I want a guy like Nipsey who represents the, who represents what we, what we as people from Cali deem to be representative of LA. And I, I can get that logic. So who, who do you think is Detroit's Nipsey hustle? I don't know. That's that's kind of tough. I don't know uh, because I, 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 he has a thing that he can point to where he could say Nipsey Hussle, like because th- to me this was I wouldn't say it was news, but because I'm aware of the gang culture in L.A., but I was unaware of how relevant it is to the residents and how much that plays into uh, the artists that they like and that they respect and how much that means to them and how and how it has an impact on how they would rank or enjoy an artist. For Detroit, we don't have anything that we can point to like that. Like, what are we going to say, like the Fago culture? Like, we don't have a thing like, there's like a Detroit thing that is representative of our culture that a certain artist embodies more than another one. Like, they all kind of just, I don't know, I, I when I think of people who are from Detroit, I kind of just think of people who feel like they're actually because I, I, I guess I think this would be I guess my thing is that people who are from Detroit will sell me if I feel like they're actually from Detroit 
Like, that's always been a big deal to me. So, like, if I'm listening to you and I feel like you're from Southfield, then that's going to be, that's not going to really resonate with me. I've always kind of had a, I've always kind of had a thing about Southfield people. Because I, I, I don't, like, not, not Southfield, well, yes, no, Southfield specifically, but uh, other surrounding, closely surrounding suburbs. Not the ones that's far, but, like, the close ones. And, um... If I if I feel like you represent actually being from Detroit, that's gonna matter to me. But like, there's nothing I can really think of that's like I, something I would pinpoint to where this person represents Detroit because of this, and say that that will make them our I guess version of Nipsey Hussle. I can't really think of nobody like that because all the Detroit rappers really are just they're Detroit rappers. There's not a thing that's like okay, this person is more Detroit than another person. Like I can't think of something. Maybe I mean maybe somebody else could say something that would make me think like, oh yeah, that is kind of a Detroit specific thing. But I don't know. It's like like Royce comes to mind, but it, I don't want it to downplay it because he's actually more of a of the of lead of Detroit rappers versus like a, when you think of if you're not from LA, when you think of LA, you don't think of Nipsey Hussle. If you're not a fan like us. Not like a fan and not they know, don't know his music, so you don't think of him mm-hmm. when you think of like L.A. rappers and stuff. But I don't know. Like Royce came to mind, but I think he's much higher than that, though. And I also think well, what would make Royce, I would say, more Detroit than another Detroit rapper. He might be better than another Detroit rapper, but what makes him more Detroit than another rapper? And I can't really pinpoint that. Whereas he kind of pinpoints the gang culture and. Feeling like Nipsey really embodies what L.A. represents. And the idea that Nipsey Hussle could represent that in a way that resonates more with him than another L.A. rapper who might be actually better, but they're just better in a different way. Like, right. you know, it, it, it seems like there's different different ways that he, uh, that he analyzes his L.A. rappers. And I don't have that. Where it's like, okay, I like this Detroit rapper because of this thing and then this Detroit rapper because of this thing, I really just judge it on how good they are. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Um yeah, I, I I don't I don't have a solid answer for that. No. I yeah. just I just don't. Let me uh I finished the voicemail. Because he sound like an LA nigga. But the nigga is dope. If y'all got and on the side note, if y'all got any other Detroit niggas that we don't know about or whatever, send that shit right over. I'm looking for new mu- new music every day. Or whatever. But that's what I mean. They got to have a record that makes sense. Now, you want to sit up there and say, if you want to put it on a $2 million record, oh, for sure I'm picking Pac, uh, Kendrick, and probably like Easy e Heavy hitters, of course. But that's not to undermine uh, Nipsey. The nigga Nipsey is dope. We looked at we look at Nipsey like how we looked at Kendrick when he first came out. When Kendrick first came out, we was like, oh, this nigga might be it. Nipsey is the same thing, and Nipsey been out for a while though, but he's just not a commercial nigga. He's not a nigga that's gonna be sitting up there in front of your face on TV all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really gonna say he underground, but he's really not a commercial nigga. Uh, but the nigga is dope, man. If y'all get a chance, go check out the Crenshaw album. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's the name of it. <laughs> that nigga got, the nigga got some shit. The mixtapes are solid. You know what I'm saying? The last album he came out with was cool, but the Crenshaw album was pretty was pretty dope to me. 
So, you know what I'm saying? When y'all get a chance, check that out. And then when you hear when you hear how he rap and the shit that he talking about, you'll see why I why I put him with Kendrick and why I put him with Pop. You know, or I put him with Q. You know what I'm saying? Those out of those out of those niggas right there, out of those three niggas, I'm a, I'm a uh, I'm a team up with Nipsey because it's it just makes sense. The album would be dope. The album would be so dope, even if you didn't know Nipsey, you'll want to go find out who he was after the album. That's basically what I'm trying to say. But yeah, that's all it is. I, trust me, it's a gang of niggas I could have picked from, from Too Short to E-40. Like, we got a gang of niggas, I understand, but truth be told, if I did pick those niggas, would it really be fair? You know what I'm saying? Um, that's it. That's it. Uh, dope show, as usual, my niggas. And, um, yeah. I'll be sending some more feedback in. Yeah, that was a solid ass, uh, solid ass voicemail, man. Like I'm intrigued to the point of where, like, not bullshitting. I am gonna, I, I, I'm gonna listen to some Nipsey tomorrow. I, I'm gonna listen to some Nipsey tomorrow because I'm, I'm fully intrigued. I'm, I'm pretty intrigued, especially because like my current um, feelings on the state of hip hop are pretty low. So I mean, if he. If he feels like Nipsey is that good, uh, I'm definitely willing to give him a try. And it's not even so much that um, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to listen to Nipsey and I'm going to think like, oh, he's definitely on par with Kendrick or he's definitely on par with Cube or something like that. But it's even more so just off the off the interest of seeing, excuse me, seeing what he sees. Like, okay, so what is it that that he's hearing like that makes him feel like Nipsey is so representative of uh of la so yeah, i'm definitely interested in listening to that i'm gonna look into it yeah i'm actually curious about he mentioned the guy chuck english who's from here mm-hmm. um i i've heard his name before but i haven't heard anything of what he does so i'm gonna probably look up him as well i hate him i don't know it's, a, it's, it's not a i don't know if it's a bad thing i hate hearing i shouldn't say hate hate's a bad hate's a strong word it hearing about artists from here from people that are not from here I always mm-hmm. maybe feel like i'm just not on my shit yeah yeah <laughs> especially because i could never tell a la nigga about somebody he don't know no never it'll never so, happen never right and i think mostly in most regions i think you know you well, yeah anywhere yeah you know but i think i would say especially la but yeah it's always kind of uh weird when you uh yeah if somebody from out of town says somebody who i never heard of i feel bad like as long as I hear, as long as I've at least heard of the person, I'll I'll feel okay about it. But if I haven't heard of the person, and like I'm not even up on Chuck English like that, uh, like to the point where like he clearly knows more about him than I do. Right. So I, I'm like, I literally just had to Google him just moments ago. Uh, but I don't know. I always I felt a certain way some years ago uh, after the fact when I remember I was I was working at this warehouse and one of the uh, white dudes who I work with he put me up on Black Milk. And wow. <laughs> wow. And I was just like, I'm all the people. He put me, but you know, I was just stupid and 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 naive and thinking like, yeah, white people can't listen to hip hop and shit. Um, shit. Anytime, anytime we go to a hip hop event here, it's mainly white folks. Well, yeah, and that's another thing too, which is a whole other. That's so interesting. That and that's incredibly interesting to me, man. That the times I've been at St. Andrews for concerts, and they've been from anywhere from Black Milk to Danny Brown to. Uh, Shit, Black Star when they was there. 
it's always it's tons and tons and tons of white folk. They really enjoy the fucking music. And you know, when we went to that beat, when we went to that beat thing, the, that beats competition or yeah. whatever, man, we was like, we were the, we were the fish out of water. In yeah, that we bitch. were definitely a fish <laughs> out of water. It was mainly white folks, and in especially because it was just so much uh, smoke. <laughs> in the air. I was just looking around like, man, this is. It, it seemed like some shit out of a movie, though. It didn't seem real. Like it didn't seem like a real event and shit. Some shit I've definitely seen on some random ass fucking movie where some rappers about to do some local dude about to come up and do some shit, and you don't know who the fuck is there. And <laughs> and then ten shit. years later, he's like, right, he's <laughs> the biggest face it. on MTV and right. shit. And I'm sitting there, and all I'm doing is there, is looking around, seeing if I can recognize people from Twitter and shit <laughs> and so forth. Like so right, cool. I follow him on Twitter. Actually, I did see a few people that are from Twitter on there, and I was like, eh, "I think that's that person." But. Yeah, you saw some people from Twitter, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I recognize that Twitter name you just said, <laughs> but uh, I don't follow that person." Right, right. So, but yeah, that's interesting. I'm definitely uh, uh, just because you know I'm going to look up uh, Nipsey Hussle. He kind of he ever seen what he looks like. I already knew I, he had braids, and he always mad at me like a light-skinned MC8 and shit, or lighter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, definitely uh, definitely look it up. Do you want me to do the next one, or you got it? Oh, no, I got, I'll, I'll do them all. I got them all lined up. Okay. So, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm just grouping by topic. So, okay. uh, he sent us, so he sent us that right mm-hmm. after the, uh, we put out, last week's episode so that's been chilling in the email for a while and i haven't listened to it because i, I kind of like to get that fresh opinion out there when i hear it because so, because if i feel like if i listen to it ahead of time we'll talk about it while we pre-game and then yeah. like it'll be yeah it and won't it be the same pre-game. on the podcast and, yeah it's hard to kind of re re <laughs> say shit over it you don't yeah. get the same feeling it's like, oh, you yeah just, i don't i don't believe said in doing that an hour ago right so um the next thing he sent an email uh today and he asked about classic albums he sent a tweet too about it and i'll read the tweet after i read the email he said uh like mike said last episode a great cd shouldn't have more than 13 tracks of course back in the day most cds had skits etc to fill up the space i think certain features are required but not through the whole cd i also think the tempo and style of music should switch up in a few songs example on machiavelli uh you have you had a diss track starting off the cd but still had tracks like To Live and Die in L.A. and White Man's World. I think if your lyrics is dope, the beat is not much of a concern, although the production does matter. You, ha- you have to have a legend behind the producer title. Well I, w- well, I wouldn't say a must, but your chances of having a classic album is higher if Dre, Kanye, Pharrell was laying the tracks. I have a few personal ones I can consider classic, a lot more, but these are the ones that stand out. And um, so that was his, uh, I guess his, definition of how he would uh define a classic album so to speak and then so he followed that up with a tweet that said um let me pull that up right quick in your opinion what traits elements and ingredients make a classic album pick two albums that you feel a classic and why any genre so i'll let you tackle the question first while i uh relight this cigar can you pass me my uh lighter right quick thank you so, so what traits do you feel make a classic album and pick two? Um, I think flow of the album. Um, I've heard some like dope album, dope dope music, and sometimes the album doesn't flow as well. Like you know, being able to like listen from first track on, 
I think has always been a um a, a good a good uh a good thing for like a classic album. Um pr- I, production matters. Um even if it's not famous production like it's you know like you say Pharrell or Dre and stuff like that you know it's like most times if you you hear a song and if you don't like the beat maybe five seconds into it you may not stick with it you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying depending on it and if you like the artist you may stick for it just for the sake of but if you got somebody a newer artist or something like that or somebody you don't know you're going to be pulled you know by I think you know the production um and then I just think just just the lyricism of it uh I think those three are probably what I think kind of encompasses like a a classic a classic album. Um, I thought Illmatic was a classic album. I think it flowed well. I think you know he had dope storytelling in his album. Um, all of the things I mentioned kind of kind of was that album. You know, uh, dope production, storytelling, the uh, the flow of the CD or or whatever, um, those are probably what I think is probably dope. Um, another classic album was uh, uh, Goody Mob Cell Therapy. Um, I hmm. thought that was the flow of that album was good, even with the um, interludes, the features. Although Nas Illmatic didn't even have features, even the the small features that. Uh, Cell uh, that we had from Outcast on there, which is mainly the the only real features they had on there, um, are probably like Dungeon Family folks. But I think those two are probably the ones I would think of at the moment. Yeah, um, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Goody Mob. I would have said Soul Food. That was my Soul yeah. Food, not Cell Therapy. Soul oh, okay. Food. Okay, <laughs> Cell was the song on the album. Soul Food the album. I'm sorry, my bad. That's why I made a sound when my you bad. said that. I was like, my oh, bad. Yeah, I made my a bad. sound yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hmm? my bad. Soul Food. Yeah, soul okay, food. Yeah, yeah, Soul Food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that album, man. It's a great album. That's a great album. Great fucking album. And it just makes me so disappointed that they the follow up was just ah. But yeah. yeah, Soul Food definitely one of the one of the more classic albums. One of my favorite albums. Absolutely. Um. To add to, I mean, what you said is kind of how I how I would judge a classic album. But for me, actually, what you said are probably my uh, my me. later my later reasons for I mean my later criteria for what I would deem a classic album. My number one thing, actually, no, my number one thing would be like you said, the, basically like the playability of it. Like if it's got if it's got nineteen tracks or something like that. I need to fuck with like a large portion to where the point like I'm not skipping more than like one or two tracks on there. Like I'm fucking with like the whole joint. If right. it's like 10 tracks or some shit, I need to like like every song. And um, my number two thing is um, timelessness and replayability. Like it needs to not ever feel dated to me. Like I need to go back. I need to be able to go back to that album 10 years later and still be like, this is still an amazing piece of work. And there's times where, especially now with like social media, you can get caught up in the in the hype of an album. So like um, when um, I'm trying to think of a good example, um, I don't know, I can't think of a specific example at the moment. But um, there's been artists who will put out an album and when they first put it out. Everybody's like, oh, this is crazy. This is great. I love this album. I love this album. And then, like, 
a month later, you never hear about it again. And nobody ever mentions it again. Okay, a good example would be that last Pharrell album. What was it called? Girl or some shit like that? Mm-hmm. That was a really good album. But when it came out, everybody was like, this amazing masterpiece of work is so great. It's so great. And it was a really good album. But, okay, so now what about it? Have you heard anything about it anytime recently? Do people still be like, oh, that Pharrell track off Girl was like amazing? Like, you don't really hear about it anymore. And I have no, even though I thought the album was dope and I played it a lot at the time it came out, I have not listened to that album in a very long time. Which album was this? I think it was called Girl. Pharrell Solo. In my in my mind? Or No, that was that's old. No, the last one. Oh, I didn't really okay. Yeah, I didn't listen to that. I didn't think I didn't think I listened to much of that at all then. Yeah. But um to put it to for for my example for what I would choose as like a classic album, it's always gonna be something old because if it's something new I can't really say that it's a classic because it's not a classic to me if 10 years later it's still not a classic or it's still not something that I rock with. So I guess to to put that in specific terms, like my all-time favorite rap album is, is Doggy Style. And Doggy Style, it's been 22 years since Doggy Style came out and Doggy Style is not even remotely dated to me. Like, it doesn't even sound like an old album. Like, it doesn't even sound like it's from the... Well, I mean, it does sound like it's from the 90s, but it doesn't sound like... It doesn't sound like a dated 90s. Like, oh, this sounds like a 90s album. It sounds like something you can bang now in 2016. It still sounds, like, new and fresh and, and like, just still amazing. Like, I, I thought Doggy Style... But then... but. Doggy Style doesn't really... Snoop's never been a, a huge lyricist. It's not like you like, look at lyricists and be like, uh, Kendrick and uh, Andre 3000 and Snoop. No one's ever going to say that. But for me, the fact that it hit my two criteria, I like every single song on the album. I even like the skits. And it's, ne- it's never going to... It's never going to feel like I've outgrown it. Like, even right now, when I, I don't really listen to hip-hop that much anymore, like, I feel like I don't really fuck with none of the shit that comes out now, and I really only listen to old shit. Like, I've, I've always said, and it's still the case now, 20 years later, that I'm never gonna not like Doggy Style. I will be 60 years old, and I might not listen to no fucking hip-hop at all, but I will still turn on Doggy Style and... We'll get that same feeling from the '90s, like this is fucking, this is the shit. Like I, I get a feeling in my body that's like, like a a, a, a re-energizing, like yes, it's so great to hear this shit right now. And that's how I feel about Doggy Style, and it's it's the time, it's the timelessness of it. Like it's never gonna get old to me. And then, uh, my, I guess my other one would be the Marshall Mathers LP, off the top of my head. Like that's that's one that it's still. It's still great to me now. Uh, that came out in 2000, so 16 years later. It's still great to me now. It's still... It does have the lyrics, obviously. And it's never gonna... It's never gonna not be great. Like, it's never gonna fall from greatness. Like, if you look at shit that came out in the past couple of years that people might say, this is a five-mic album or something like that. There's a lot of shit that five years down the road with the way things are now, even two years, one year down the road, people might not even listen to that shit no more. But Marshall Mathers LP ain't going nowhere. And that was, that was the album that made Eminem. Like 
there's a lot of there are people who feel like the Slim Shady LP is better or on par, and that was his first major LP. But the Marshall Mathers LP is the one that did it. That was his that was his move to insanely huge superstardom. So uh yeah, that's kind of my criteria is is time timelessness is a huge deal for me. So uh those will be my two uh best examples. Yeah, that's those that, those are definitely good ones. Uh the Marshall Mathers LP was definitely a, a favorite of, of mine of his and uh Yeah. Definitely. And then he added do you think that Steph, uh, Steph Curry, do you think that Kendrick Lamar is the Steph Curry of rap? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a know, tough I, comparison to make about, for me. I've thought about that, that question over the last few days, and I couldn't really get a, I was trying to do like a comparison of like, of trying to, I guess trying to, trying to, get an understanding and I guess I will say that because I don't really have another uh, another artist or another reasoning to go against it or whatever um, yeah I, I don't know I was like I don't <laughs> I don't know what to how to really how to really explain that one um, well if you look at it in the sense of is Steph Curry the best player in basketball right now and is Kendrick Lamar the best rapper in rap right now I think yeah I think you could pretty much say yeah to that um but I guess and so you know with Curry being the best player you know he's is you a lot of people still mention you know like a LeBron although LeBron isn't playing as well but you know who do you who do you who do you put as what artist do you put as LeBron right now? I I think I think an, another interesting way of looking at it is, and I'm not really trying to degrade either one of these people, Steph or Kendrick, but I think another interesting way of looking at it, and I know he didn't mean it in this way, but I kind of thought of it in this way too, is this whole like flavor of the month thing, kind of like. Steph Curry is also the most popular and just like everybody, like you pretty much have to say he's great or everyone's going to get mad at you because he's just, he's like, look at it like a trending topic. Mm -hmm. Is he like the number one trending topic in basketball? Yes. Is Kendrick the number one trending topic in hip hop? Yes. And I think that question, if you look at it kind of through that scope, you kind of again got to look at the longevity. Like, is is Steph are Steph Curry and Kendrick the man right now? Yeah, but are they gonna in say ten years from now? Are they gonna hold that same status or better that they hold than they hold right now? And I think possible. Yeah, more than likely they probably will. But I think there's something to be said about the idea that. Right now, they are essentially trending topics. And you also have to wonder if you go outside of social media, how how loud it is Kendrick. Because I feel like 
a lot of us who who are really on Twitter and into like social media, you kind of tend to look at that as being representative of general opinion and what life is as a whole. When really it's just a small fraction. Like there's not like if you look at Black Twitter, S- Steph Curry is the number one guy. Kendrick is the number one guy. But if you look at overall opinion on Earth, is that does that still apply? Maybe. You might go outside of Twitter and find people that think LeBron's the best guy in basketball and that some other guy is the best guy in rap. Right. Who knows? But I, I think it's interesting to take into account the idea that right now it's trendy to love Steph Curry and Kendrick Lamar. Because if you say that... You know, I don't think Steph Curry's all that great. Everybody's going to look at you like, you're a fucking fool. And to a degree, you are a fucking fool. But, I mean, but uh, it's not, it, it just happens to be valid with Steph Curry. But there's times where, like, shit will, shit is just popping on Twitter. And that's, like, Twitter opinion. I mean, it's And like, that don't really apply to real life. It's like, you know, somebody was talking about, uh, someone had said something about, uh, about the Spurs. And they were talking about how, you know... People are sleeping on them because you know, but they're only five games behind Golden State, mm-hmm. and that's nothing taken away from the Spurs. The Spurs are a good team; they're just boring to fucking watch. And so, it's, um, it's like Curry is like fun to fucking watch. Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar is like fun to listen to. He's like, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that you know he's actually good too, but it's just you know he's interesting to listen to, interesting to. To you know the the and so forth, and Curry is you know just fun to watch, you know, and it, that has a lot to do with it. I mean, like you know, I I ain't watched the Spurs game. I don't know the last time I watched the Spurs game, but I watch the Ghost. They can't they're just fun to fucking watch. They're interesting to watch, you know what I'm saying? But it, it doesn't take away the skill of the Spurs, but they're just not interesting. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? So. I guess I think the whole flavor of the month thing. I think it's just they're just fun and interesting to watch. I mean. Are there other, you know, players that are, you know, doing extremely well this season? Of course they are. They're not getting the, the fanfare, but, you know, maybe they're not as fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think. What's, oh, go ahead. No, I was thinking, what's, I forget the, the guy named uh, the Unibrow. Um, he's having a hell of a fucking Anthony season. Davis. But he's not. He's not as, having the season he had last year. Huh? He's not having the season he right. had last year. But. Yeah, but he's not as fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? You know, so. It's you know that's I think that 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 plays into it as well. With with Golden State and Steph Curry, the two things just happen to align. Like they are, all, they are incredibly popular and trending, but they're all they also live up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a good comparison to make, and I it, like I said, I, I only bring up that point just because I think it's a factor now. The whole idea of like what's trendy to like, and it's in line when it comes to Steph Curry because he's trendy to like, but he's also worthy of it. But I think another example of Twitter giving the idea that uh, a certain idea or thought is is uh, popular when it's really not popular; it's just popular there. Is the idea of women not liking the t- not liking to be called females? <laughs> because if you exist solely on Twitter as a person and you don't really like 
go out in real life or anything and you just kind of just you live your life and then you 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 go on Twitter you would think that women hate to be called female you would think that that's and to most people it's like well, what why and the women on Twitter will give you all kinds of fraudulent ass reasons why female is offensive they're all bullshit reasons but they'll give you these fuck ass reasons why being called female is offensive but as soon as you go outside of Twitter all other women are like, huh? Like, that's not a thing. They have no idea what the fuck you're Right, that's about. not a thing. But if you lived exclusively on Twitter, you would think that that was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say female. Maybe I shouldn't call women females anymore. No, that's not a thing. That's just a black Twitter thing. And I think it's important now in, in this day and age to make that distinction between what's actually valid in real life versus what's valid on Twitter. Cause that female shit that don't that don't apply anywhere else, and I, I've wanted to actually put that on Facebook. Like, how many of you, and, and ask for only people who are not on Twitter. Like, only women who are not on Twitter respond. How how many of you find the term female offensive? And I guarantee you, probably upwards of ninety percent of the responses are going to be like, "Huh," and 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 that's just the reality of the situation. So I just think that it's interesting to bring that into when you're talking about Kendrick and and Steph Curry because they are the definitive popular Twitter people to like. And it just so happens to coincide that they are validly popular and great outside of the scope of Twitter. But that's strictly a coincidence. Like there could be a a person who is really good at basketball, we'll say... um, uh, I'll, let's say, uh, mm, well, we'll stick with Anthony Davis. Uh, no, it's Carl Anthony Davis. I can't think of an example, but there can be somebody who's great on Twitter to Twitter people that when you leave outside of Twitter, people are going to be like, that person's not all that great or all these other people are better. I just think it's an interesting comparison to make between the the social media perception and overall real life perception cuz oftentimes there's a difference there's not in the case of Stephen Kendrick but in most cases there's a difference as far as his question goes i think that you can't say that Kendrick is the Steph Curry of of hip hop i also think that there is a space for that to change in the sense of Kendrick can not necessarily be replaced by someone else, but I think it's more likely that someone else can enter into that conversation than someone else can enter into the Steph Curry conversation. Because what Steph Curry is doing in basketball is is new. Like it's like he's he's doing things that have never been done before. And that are unlikely to be matched for a very long time. Whereas great hip-hop artists come along, not often, but we could find another... Ken- like, okay, oh, a good example is J. Cole. Mm-hmm. J. Cole, if you were to ask, is J. Cole the Steph Curry of hip-hop? Now you'll get mixed answers. Because J. Cole is could be looked at as just as good as Kendrick... And just as good as Steph, but then somebody else might come along and be like, well, Kendrick then. 
or you know somebody else can come along and be like, well, well, what about this artist? Whereas Steph Curry is kind of inarguable at this point. You can't really make a strong case for somebody else. Yeah, I I, I agree. There's yeah, I mean the the way that the Kendrick is on, there's no there's nothing, no one really that's that's no that's kind of not nowhere near that. Um, I can also proudly say that. My personal experience with Steph Curry has been underwhelming. Because <laughs> every time I see him against the Pistons, we handle that nigga. So, <laughs> so, so my personal experience well, with Steph Curry, I'd be like, eh, he ain't all that. I'm just that. I'm playing myself. I'm not playing myself because I know he's great. But I take great pride in being able to say, like, the Pistons have handled him, though. <laughs> so, and uh, they fucking have, too. So. They have. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, did you have any other comments on... No, I think that I think we kinda, shit. no, I think that was kind of it. Uh, I, I think we kind of covered that, so I'm good with that. I think that's all we got on on uh, Baylor the Great's uh, hip hop stuff. Um, clearly, he has uh, pretty good opinions on hip hop. Like all his questions and all his statements, I've I found to be pretty good. Like a lot of the shit that. A lot of the shit that I overhear or that I see online or or personal interactions that I have uh, regarding hip-hop is usually shit that I'm just like, eh, whatever, motherfucker. But he has uh, pretty respectable opinions and thoughts, and he, he backs them up pretty well. So if you're a hip-hop fan, he might be somebody you want to uh, converse with. Um, his Twitter is Baylor the Great, right? Yep. So, yeah, so, you know, follow him on uh, Twitter, Baylor the Great. Uh, he clearly has... A pretty uh, good, pretty good hold on his uh, hip hop knowledge, and I respect the fact that he reaches out to other other regions. The fact that he knows about Detroit shit and wants to hear, like you know, if you guys have some shit that you think I should hear, hit me up. You know, that's that's respectable. You know, to have people who who are that into it, they they want to hear shit from other regions to that point. So, yeah, follow him if you like hip hop. Seems like a good person to follow. So, uh, next, uh, we have an email from William Bowen. Um, he's, uh, what's it, WBowen05 on Twitter, I believe? Yeah, I think so. So, he sent an email says, Mike said exactly the same thing about Hillary, Hillary Clinton, uh, that I've been trying to tell people for the longest. I lost favor with her in 2008 when she tried to drag Obama in the mud. On top of that, she was all for NAFTA, and if you read up on it, it's basically the Niggas Are For Trade Act. Oh, wow. <laughs> Considering it screws over the working class big time. Like you and... Oh, he said Barney, but I think he means Bernie. Keep it real and consistent while she... While she seems to just be pandering to black people. I may have to vote for Trump if she wins the Democratic vote. LOL, just kidding. Uh, great podcast, and it should have way more views. P.S. What podcast was Otis on that you mentioned during the show? Oh, um... It was a drunk show. Um, it's not a actually real. I'm gonna say podcast. We're saying it's more of a video cast, and uh, I'll post a link to the episode. I did like two episodes, I think. I'll post them on the Twitter page and the link. Um, who's up? Oh, so Hillary. Um, so hold on. Um, before we go into that, I think uh, we have another. I want to try to tie the emails together. Um, Sophia sent another email, I think, that was uh, political-related. All right, she said, um, I see that you, Mike, have been truly disgruntled by the amount of people voted for Hillary despite the fact that she sh- 
that she, she couldn't care she less. Called you disgruntled? Wow. Uh, yes, yeah, she did. I, I, well, I was disgruntled. Yeah, well, that was a joke. I think you're always disgruntled, but yeah, <laughs> it's very true, very fucking true. Um, for my interaction with people and asking them who they will vote for, a lot of them say that they like Bernie and he will be a great president, but they know he's not going to win, but Hillary will. And based on that, they say that they're voting for Hillary. Some have even said that they'd rather be on the side whose candidate makes it to the presidency. These idiots want to be the ones who say, I voted for the president. Uh, they treat it like a popularity contest. I don't know how that translates on a large scale, but that may be why many African Americans are voting for it. I've seen, I've seen even less bright people say they're voting for Hillary because that means Bill will be back in the White House and we all remember that glorious Harlem Renaissance. Bill has nothing to do with Hillary's job. I know this is illegal, but there should be a test people take to see if people are aware of the issues and and are familiar with the candidates and what they stand for, so that we should so that we only allow educated voters to vote. Uh, so yeah, that's what that's what we got on um, politics. So I I seen a, a tweet. Uh, earlier at some point in the last few days or something saying that um, that if something to the effect of if um, basically saying that Bernie knows he's not going to win so he should probably suck it up and try to be on Hillary's ticket mm-hmm. um, as a way to bring his voters to like join with Hillary voters as far as winning the um, the presidential race um, do you do you feel that you know he can, should kind of concede to that because there's as as of now no one has any no one has mentioned anything about vice presidents have they vice running vice president running not until not before today I've seen it today but I have uh, before today I hadn't seen it and today I saw exactly what you just said that people are saying that uh, Hillary should. Make Bernie the vice president on the ticket. What's your thoughts? Um, I think that uh, initially I thought that she can probably still win without him being on the ticket. I don't think him being on the ticket is what she needs in order to win. I think she can probably win without that. Having said that, I think that him being on the ticket would guarantee her win. Like it if like it would almost be to the point of like we don't even need to bother having an election. Like it it'd be ball game. Like there's no way. Um as for me, would I like to see that? I guess. Um, I'm kind of still. I'm. I don't want to say torn because I know what I would do. It's just for me. I'm. It's hard for me to see somebody who I dislike to the level that I dislike Hillary Clinton being the the democratic nominee and having to vote for her and even if bernie was the vice president i would still kind of be like Ugh, like i hate i have to do this but i am not in the camp of 
if Bernie's not the nominee, then I'm not going to vote for Hillary. Like, I'm not on that level of petty because the stakes are too high. As much as I don't want to vote for Hillary, I understand that if Bernie supporters do not vote for Hillary, that is essentially a vote for Donald Trump. Right. And that, so you have to look at the bigger picture here. And on the surface of things, I don't think that he can beat her. But if there is a third of, uh, I think I, I saw an article that said a third of um, Bernie supporters said that they wouldn't vote for Hillary. That large of a percentage of non-Hillary votes makes Donald Trump's votes matter more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just to put it in simple numbers, if you have, if Donald Trump has 100,000 voters and Hillary Clinton has 90,000 voters because the Bernie supporters didn't vote for her, then Donald Trump's going to win. But if the Bernie voters vote for Hillary Clinton, then Hillary Clinton's going to win. So, like, just to put it just simply like that. So, I do take into account the fact that if I don't vote or if I, I don't know, do whatever, whatever the case is that I don't vote for Hillary Clinton, I understand that even though that is not technically a vote for Donald Trump, it's, it's a vote, for, it's Donald a vote Trump. for Donald Trump. So, because it's one less vote for the opponent. So, I'm kind of on the boat of if she were to put him on the ticket, that that will probably be for the best because of the people who don't think like me. Those people who are like, well, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because fuck her. And who aren't thinking of the bigger picture. And there are people who are just like that. So if she don't put them on, then that could happen. Um, as far as, oh, well, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm, I'm pretty much agree with most of the stuff, uh, most of all you said. Uh, I think she has a much better. Like I feel like I'm just repeating shit you said, but I, I feel like she does have a greater chance if she has him. Um, I wonder if you have people who feel that if Bernie couldn't do it, like you say, like, like fuck it, you know, it's Trump. But I just feel like it has to be anybody but Trump. <laughs> like, you know, I, it, it's just it's shitty that, you know, you, you're going to the, the polls, to the polls crying like, fuck, I got I got to vote for Hillary. Because if I don't vote, you know, the option is fucking Trump. And four years of Hillary... Versus the four years of Trump, I'll take that any day. So, yeah, I'm kind of that. I think it. I think that. I think it'll be dope. Um, I think his. He may be too. You know, he got that. He he got that old man, old man, strong willed, and he might be like, if he don't win, fuck this shit. So, I wonder if it would be hyper, purely hypothetical, if it came to the point where he was definitely out. Would he approach her to do it? Or would Hillary approach him as far as being a vice president? I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think that like who who you think most likely would reach out to the other? Uh, I think she would have to reach out to him, and not because he would be stubborn about it, but because she has to pick him. I mean, she has to pick. She had right. She has to make the pick, and she's going to be in control. So I don't think she necessarily quote unquote has to reach out to him, but I just figure that's what would happen. And um, before I, I mention my next point, where do you stand on Hillary versus Bernie? Because I've ranted about it, but you, I don't feel like you haven't said much. Um, I haven't. And 
I don't have much to back of the fact that I just don't trust her, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, like a lot of politicians, she says a lot just to get to that point. And when she actually is, she's, you know, not going to follow through with a lot of shit she talks about. And so I don't have a lot of political reason, like specific reasons I don't trust her. But she just doesn't seem like, I mean, she's not Sarah Palin, but she just, I don't know. I just get bad vibes about her. Um, I was talking. I was talking to folks this weekend, and a guy was saying, you know, if you know, if we lived in a in a in a world or a, a, a situation where Bernie could be king, you know, all would work out. You know what I'm saying? But it's like he. I think he said a lot of things that that really. I feel like Hillary kind of holds her tongue when it comes to backlashing like Republicans and things of that nature. And I feel like he he doesn't, and I feel like he's not gonna make a lot of I'm gonna say make a lot of friends, but I think a lot of things he's gonna try to he would try to do would get we get so much uh uh what's the word um a, a lot of a lot of government wouldn't go for a lot of stuff that he wants to do versus her. I feel like she would concede on certain things. Um and I just don't understand. And I want to think that in this sort of lady, but not really. But it's like, I don't know. You know, it's all all the stuff that's been happening, like with like, the Trump rallies and stuff like that. And it seems like she doesn't she doesn't say anything against them. And it just it just troubles me that she's like trying to be politically correct when it comes to things like, you know, he he, he does racist shit. You know, he he his 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 uh campaign is bringing out the worst of like so many people and 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 you know and things of that nature and i feel like bernie would call the shit out and has called the shit out and she just doesn't want to step on toes i guess but i mean but when it comes to like the presidential race you know she has no no uh no other other way but to you know condemn a lot of the things he's saying and doing the things of that nature but i feel like she's like not doing it be for for whatever reason right now. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't know. I don't trust her. I I don't. Um so we're at a very crucial point right now where Bernie has a decision to make. Where he's at the line where he could cross from being largely a benefit to the Democratic Party to being a hindrance. And I don't want to have to knock Bernie for the same thing that I knocked Hillary for in 2008. Well, one of the many things that I knocked Hillary for in 2008. But I felt like Hillary... I felt like Hillary stayed in it for too long. And that at a certain point, she was just fighting Obama just to fight. Like, it was like, okay, you lost. Like... You are not going to win the Democratic nomination. So at this point, you're only hurting the eventual Democratic nominee. And that was one of my big issues with her back then. Because it it felt like, and this I I made a whole blog post about it in 2008. I felt like, and it was called like how Hillary Clinton is destroying the Democratic Party or something to that effect. And it was because she was so, even even prior to the point where, it was obvious she was going to be taking that L. She was very uh she slandered Obama to a point that was beyond uh 
this is my Democratic opponent. It was like, you're dragging him down so bad that, like, nobody's going to win. Like, it's, so it's like, you're going to lose, so you're going to make sure everybody lose. And I thought that that was, like, a a disgrace to women because women already don't get the respect that men get. And, like, women have been fighting for a long time to get that, to get the same rights as men and to be respected in the same way as men. And they get treated as being petty and being childish and being emotional and all that shit. All these knocks that women get. And for her to be out here basically behaving in a way where, like, well, if I'm not going to get the nomination, nobody going to get it. Like, that that's how she was acting in 08. Like, she was doing him so wrong that I felt like she was going to drag the whole shit down. And I don't want Bernie to get to that point. Like, even though I don't like her, and even though I feel like he should be the Democratic nominee, I mean, we're at a... what's going to happen, though. I mean, if, if he's not getting the votes, I mean, shit. He's not. And what it really is looking like at this point is that there's no path for him at this point. So I almost feel like he's kind of got to concede and put his support behind her. And she did that eventually with Obama. I feel like she waited too long to do it. And I don't want him to wait too long to do it to the point where I feel like, okay, it's not going to happen for you. You have to let your run go in order to make sure that at the very least we get a Democratic nominee with the appropriate amount of support and backing that she needs to win. So... As much as I hate to say it, I feel like he's probably at the point where he needs to concede and put his backing behind her. And even if he doesn't do it until the convention, it's still, or right before the convention, he needs to kind of, I think, kind of take the back seat at this point. Because I don't see any way he's going to get the nomination now. And he needs to do what's best for the party and for the country at this point. And... If he keeps running and keeps kind of going up against her, and he's never really been very uh, combative toward her, like, oh, fuck Hillary, she's on this bullshit, like she was toward Obama in 08. He hasn't really been like that toward her. He's actually been more uh, anti-Trump, like focusing on what the Republican Party is planning on fucking up about the country. But he needs to, I think, at this point, probably put his backing to her. And then at, at that point, he has a stronger chance of maybe getting that getting on the ticket. Um, as far as my thoughts on her, um, like you said, nothing about her is genuine to me. I've, I've, and again, like this dates back to 2008. I feel like she's a very, very disingenuous politician. And that's saying a lot when most politicians are disingenuous. But she stands out as an incredibly disingenuous politician. And she has been very critical of Obama in 08 and to the point where it, it, to me, it felt racial. Because I remember she put out a campaign commercial, and I don't know if you remember this once I mention it, but she put out a very controversial campaign commercial back then that was about um, which person do you want answering that important phone call at three in the morning or some shit like that. It was something that basically said, like, do you want, uh, do you want somebody like me with my experience answering the phone for an important 
presidential decision at three o'clock in the morning or do you want Obama doing it? And it came off almost like you want me, or you want this nigga picking up the phone. Like I was about it, to say that. <laughs> and but that's how that's how it was interpreted at that time. And that was to me was a very damning move for her as far as my opinion toward her. And and now I think my biggest problem with not necessarily not even necessarily my biggest problem with her but my biggest problem with her supporters is the fact that you got mad black people out here voting for her. And I don't understand how you can share videos of her being dismissive toward black people or considering all the shit she did in 08 and still vote for her. Like, how are you black and voting for somebody who has been like low key shitty toward black people like for the stronger part of a decade? Like, I don't. I don't understand that. And I don't know why people have like such tunnel vision with that. And then it's like, you know, she's in Detroit. She's going to fucking Cuzzo's Chicken and Waffles. Cuzzo's is a black-owned chicken and waffle spot here in Detroit. It's um, so fucking transparent. She got, she got Clinton going to fucking slow. I mean, uh, Bill going to slows. Yeah. You know, she's visiting all these uh, predominantly black uh, uh, businesses. She's Dabbing the, on Ellen. Yeah. You know, it's hey, like, you know, on, she, I think she, it's like she's like, it's almost like she's putting on blackface it's it, it is it is like that yeah, it's exactly but, like that and, and they're like oh shit she's really for us and shit like that excuse me i was just you know when they did the uh primaries here yeah the hiccups kill me um i was so disturbed that of all places flint and detroit was places that she was winning and it was just like don't y'all under know her history like yeah, and it's it even shows a very dated mentality that you think in order to win the black vote, you got to be out here eating chicken and waffles and dabbing. Like that shows that you don't you're not even really in touch with what's going on. Well, I think what it what it does show is that she's pushing for the people who obviously don't know her, which, you know, voter turnout voter turnout, excuse me, has always been, you know, historically low except for like you know when obama ran so you know people are now are really pushing the vote and i really think that there's a campaign to get the the non-voters who are going to vote now but don't know enough to like question her shit if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so you're getting people who wants to vote because you know voting is like you know I don't say it's like the thing now. You know, people want to exercise their right to vote, things of that nature. And she's what I was getting, saying about trendiness on Twitter. Yeah, earlier. I think it's trendy um, in a sense. And she's getting people who have no knowledge of her history and n- know her more. They they're familiar with her more than Bernie. I, I feel like if you're not on um, um, some um, somewhat of Facebook, and if you're not on Twitter, you may have little to no real knowledge about Bernie Sanders. And yeah, you wouldn't. And he's been I guess to the casual uh the casual uh political participant, he's fairly new. Um the I guess the thing that pains me the most is that she's winning the black vote over a guy who has consistently fought for the little man for as long as I can remember and as long as clips that I've seen that date back decades. Like, I've been following Bernie Sanders for over a decade just off not following him because, like I said, he's he's from Vermont. So, like, how closely can I vo- follow Vermont politics? 
But my he's connection not from with Brooklyn. <laughs> no, he's from Vermont. Well, I mean, maybe he's from Brooklyn. I don't Dude, know. Dude, you like ever he was born here? And every I swear, every fucking morning I hear. You ever heard of, uh, uh, the Spike Lee uh, endorsement forum? Mm-mm. I hear that shit there. I, well, I, at least last couple of weeks uh, before the primaries, I was hearing the uh, the uh, Spike Lee endorsement, and I guess he's like, "Yeah, he's from Brooklyn too." Blah blah blah. Um, well, he might be from from Brooklyn, but he's Vermont senator. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, he he has been a regular uh, a regular uh, participant on Bill Maher's talk show, and I've watched Bill Maher since well before I was able to vote. Like, I watched Bill Maher when he was on ABC. Like, Bill Maher used to come on after Jay Leno uh, on his show Politically Incorrect back in, I don't know, man, maybe, like, the mid to late 90s, maybe? I don't know. But uh, Bernie Sanders has been on Bill Maher for the entire time that I've watched Bill Maher. So I've heard the message that Bernie Sanders is preaching right now I've been hearing Bernie Sanders preach that exact same shit for over a decade. So, like, I know that this is what he is about. And now that he's a uh, presidential candidate, we've been seeing, like, news clips and old photos of him at, like, black rallies and shit like that. Like, he's been a supporter the whole time. So, for, like, black people to uh, be like, uh, Bernie Sanders doesn't really resonate with black people. Like... It's so, it's insanely, it's ridiculous. Like, how are you saying that the guy who's been a proponent of the middle class and black people for decades is not resonating with black people, but the woman who dabbed on Ellen just to get the black vote is the one who's resonating with black people? Like, that's what bothers me the most. And then, like, I tweeted about that all last night, and I saw a tweet, and I know it wasn't, I know it was for me, but it wasn't sent to me but i saw somebody say like uh just because uh what do you say just because um hillary i don't know i can't remember what he said as as far as a name but he said something like just because bernie doesn't i can't i don't know if he said a name but whatever it was it was like just because i might not I might support something, whatever, having to do with race. Doesn't mean I agree with Bernie's politics. And it wasn't a... My tweets weren't about, you should vote for Bernie because he likes black people. My so, tweets so were about... subbed you? Yeah. <laughs> it was 100% me. Um, the tweets... My tweets weren't about, y'all should be out here voting for Bernie because he supports black people. It was about the fact that I don't understand how people are voting for Hillary on the black on the black reasoning. Like, I don't understand how you could say I'm voting for Hillary as a black person because Bernie doesn't resonate with me on some black shit. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you make the Hillary vote based on black shit. Like, it's not even about black stuff that I feel like you should vote, vote for Bernie. I feel like you should vote for Bernie because of everything else. But, like, I don't understand how as a black person you make the race argument in favor of Hillary. I don't, I don't get that. When... There's mad videos coming out of her being dismissive toward black people and all this, like, all the basically anti-black people shit she said and done over the course of the past, shit, uh, two decades. Like, how you can say, how you can make a black-based argument for her when she's basically been 
not for black people at all over the course of the past two decades, whereas Bernie has consistently been for black people in the middle class over the course of far longer than that. So that was more my thing is how do you make that choice based on black people for her? As far as like making the choice as a whole, I just I just agree with Bernie's train of thought far more than I agree with anybody else's. At the same time, I do acknowledge the fact that, like you said earlier, um, I question how capable he'd be of being able to enact what he wants to do if he were to be president. Yeah, I because think- if B- Obama couldn't do the shit that he wanted to do that had nothing to do with like helping right 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 and helping was, poor people and that was and that was the point the person that I was uh, was talking about that made it's like you know uh Bill I mean Obama wasn't as successful the stuff he wanted to do and thinking that Bernie would have that many that those issues plus Bernie's uh, trying drastic. to change the entire way yeah. that government works. Right. And that, and that was the thing. <laughs> Obama's like, just like, like, can I pass some health care legislation? Right, right, right. And, that's, and they're that's, like, fuck you. Right. And that's why I say using that as you like, if Bernie was going to be king, yeah, he's changing the whole infrastructure of how the government works and things of that nature. Um, and I think that's going to get a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of pushback, uh, tons of tremendous pushback. And, you know, unless he, you know, turns into like Frank Underwood and, you know what I'm saying, shit. So, you know, it's, man. it's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting, man. I think this is, this is probably the most, this is probably the most interesting presidential race, even, even uh, over Obama's term, I think, just because you don't know what to really expect. Like, and I mean, as far as expectations, I think, you know, Obama didn't fulfill a lot of expectations he made. He made some strides. But as far as expectations, I think this might be one of the most memorable uh, presidential races uh, that we've seen in shit, a long time. It's definitely the most interesting that I've seen in my lifetime, just because of the fact that we're looking at a guy like Bernie Sanders who wants to change the entire way that government operates. And the entire way that the country operates, he wants to flip. He wants to change the system completely. And then you got somebody like Hillary Clinton who has the ties to her husband and all that kind of shit, being the first woman. And then you got a fucking reality star as the Republican guy who is spewing all sorts of venomous hatred shit. And these fucking people are eating it up. Like it's it, it's insanely well, interesting and scary at the it, same time. I think that shows too the the the. The, the people in, you know, in our country, um, the people that we don't see, the all of the, you know, the right wing fucking idiots, because I think like we're, you know, like Hillary is like, you know, popular to the for black votes, which is kind of crazy to me. Just think of the number of non black people, non democratic folks who are now voting and they see Trump as a viable option. You know, that's just crazy as fuck or whatever, you know? So I don't know, man. I I, I think it's going to be one of the most, uh, like you say, most influential um, presidential races we've seen. And like you say, probably in our lifetime, um, just because of the opposition, it's either Hillary, which is probably most likely to happen unless, you know, divine intervention (laughs) comes in. And going against, you know, like you say, a fucking, 
an idiot. Like, I don't know how I really describe Trump other than, you know, <laughs> a fucking idiot. <laughs> Man, it's going to be. And the fact that it's still going to be interesting. It's not like Hillary Clinton up against the idiot and it's like, oh, it's not going to be interesting. She's going to slaughter this idiot. She's not. <laughs> like, she's not. Like, at this point, we have to accept the fact that not only is he probably going to get the Republican nomination, but it's not even going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be it's going to be interesting because there are way too many people who are angry about the way things have gone. And his whole message of uh, making America great again, which is. I don't even think he says make America great. Like, what's what's the great part? Here's the thing. He means it, and I really don't think I really don't think he means it in a racist way either. Like I think he means it in a way of like, just the way shit has been run to him is fucked up, and he wants to make it so that America is great in the sense of like we're going to keep all these uh, dirty ass criminal ass immigrants out of here. We're going to do all all this shit that's basically gonna make the country safer and better and all this kind of shit that's the way he looks at it and i don't i don't even really necessarily think it's like a veiled racist thing i think he really thinks that his policies will make the country better but the way it's resonating with his followers and i think what his followers really look at it as is like we're gonna make america white again like we're gonna make it like we're gonna help white people get back because you know all, all, all his white supporters be feeling like their white people are like losing the country and shit. Like it's it's starting to become like a black slash Mexican, you know, like a minor. Like we're helping minorities get their footing in this country, which to them means we're losing. And Trump is going to help us, help us, aka white people, help us white people take the country back and help white people stay in power again. And I don't know if he means it that way. He may, he may not. But the people who are voting for him mean it that way. They definitely mean it that way. And that's what's scary. Is that they wanted to they wanted to be we want this shit to be back to like it almost it feels like we want to take this shit back to like damn near slavery. Like we want to put this back to like white people are dominating this country again and black people and other minorities are just looking to find their way. Like we want to be able to put our foot on their necks. What and black um, I don't even want to make it a white black thing either. Like black people, uh, Mexican people, gay people, like anybody who's not a straight white man. Like we want to put everybody who's not a straight white man. We want to get them like put them in a subservient position. Like get the put get them down, put our throat, put our foot feet on their throats, and let them know that we are in charge and we're gonna make this shit back to we're gonna make America great again, aka. The great again, where white just, people are in charge, right? The greater thing, the the make it great again. Like I just, that just, oh, that just, I just laugh every time. Like, like what, what was the time are you speaking of? Like the time when white people were in charge and black people didn't have no rights, gay people didn't have no rights. Like Obama's in a office trying to like give gay people the right to get married, which for some reason offends white people. Like, like give fucking black people. Uh, give black people some rights, give poor people more money, give them health care, and then they look at it as like uh, giving the poor people a better footing in the country is taking money out of my pocket. Like, 
they look at it as Obama giving everybody or Bernie or the Democrats giving everybody kind of like a right to live in this country and be fruitful as a way of taking things from white people because they feel like because I mean you, this is how white people are like they just feel like everything belongs to them like everything is theirs even if it's not theirs it's something like it's not even like we want to keep what's ours we want to be able to take what other people have and make it ours even if you take it as simple something simple like uh, a hairstyle like oh braids now are like you see how these Kardashians they're bringing. Uh, cornrows back in or box braids or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Like, oh, they're making this shit trendy. Like, oh, have you seen how white people have been rocking box braids all of a sudden? Like, that's some shit that white people originated. They love taking our shit and making it theirs. And, like, that's just what, that's what Make America Great Again means to them is keeping everything that they have and being able to freely take from everybody else and make it theirs as well. Like, it's an incredibly... It's a. I can't even think of a word that describes how loathsome and disgusting these people are. Like it's 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 scary. It's disgusting, and I I feel like we've we had this discussion before when we talking about like the black people getting killed by the cops and shit. Like I feel like it's a race war that's happening. Um, kind of like subtly, like in the background with like veiled language and euphemisms and what it 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 it's gonna eventually turn into something that's way worse than that and in all honesty i'm i'm almost ready i'm almost ready for it like here for it like because we we understand what's going on now so we're ready to fight back and it's not going to be what they think it's going to be or what they want it to be unless they get trump in the white house then it can be what they want it to be but (laughs) (laughs) I really don't see that happening. No, I, I and I, I just really, I, I have, maybe I have too much just faith in people thinking that you know they're not going to allow Trump to get there, but I just don't know, man. I just don't fucking know. Yeah, I thought it was gonna. I thought my, I thought our conversation was gonna be me being way more angry, but I just feel. <laughs> I don't even feel angry, man. I feel like. I feel concerned, but I am still... I'm angry with black people, because I'm just like, what the fuck are y'all thinking, man? Yeah. I agree with that. Um, what uh, what do we have next for... Uh... So, we got... Um, so, we got two emails from Sophia. Well, I read the first one, the one about politics. Um, she asked... We can talk about this real quick because I don't got nothing for it, really. She said, who, who is your March Madness pick for the win? Um, so, I just did my bracket. So, for our cigar club, we're uh, we're doing brackets. And, I don't know, I took state going all the way. Um, but I really have no no real method to the madness. Uh, I just, I, I don't know, I like Michigan the state of Michigan team, so I just kind of took them. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't, I, there's no really magic. I'm not. I don't follow college basketball that tough. Um, I'm probably like a March Madness college basketball fan. So yeah, I don't really have any. Uh, although I was doing my bracket and I was trying to pick some random upsets, but it's like you pick the wrong upset and you lose. You're fucked. 
<laughs> right. So it's like, you know, you try not to stretch it too much. You could probably do some upsets in the later rounds, but there's always one or two, you know, lower seeds that actually pulls it off first round. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, I'm taking State, and there's no real method behind me picking State. It's just home team, I guess. Yeah, I I'm even less knowledgeable knowledgeable about it than you are. I have no fucking clue, man. I haven't watched any college basketball games. This might be out of almost out of fluid. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't watched any games. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not gonna watch the March Madness at all. Like I'm not. Not. I just don't care. I got. I don't care. I don't have time. I, I just. I don't see me. There's no way I'm gonna find time to sit down and watch a two-hour college basketball game that I don't care about. TV shows. Right. I can't even watch. watch. Right. I can't even watch the shit I care about. I definitely am not gonna even. I'm not even gonna try to find time to watch any of the March Madness games. I really don't care, and I've never really cared about college basketball, honestly. Like I've wa- I watched college basketball at a time when I had nothing else to do. Like it was like I, I would go to work. I was I was single at my own place, and all I would do would be I would go to work and I would come home and watch sports. So I would watch Pistons games, I, and then I, w- I would watch March Madness. I would watch football. I would watch hockey. I watched baseball. I watched everything that interested me. If I had that kind of free time. I would still watch it, but I don't, so I don't care. So I have no fucking clue who's gonna win. <laughs> I have no, like, I have no idea. I picked North Carolina in my bracket, but that was based off of the strength that North Carolina is always a safe fucking pick. Like, yeah, they're at least going, you know, a couple of rounds. So. Yeah, they're always a safe. North Carolina, Carolina's always a safe pick. Are they favored? I don't know, <laughs> but. All I know is that North Carolina is always pretty fucking good, so I picked North Carolina. It was a it was a tough question to ask. She assumed because like I she probably assumed it because she knows I watch basketball that I would know something about it. But I haven't watched a single second of college basketball all season. I'm not gonna watch any of the tournament. I have no fucking clue. The only way I'll end up watching some of the tournament is if Michigan State gets deep into it, and then it's like they're in the Final Four. And the game is on a weekend night, and I don't have anything else to do. Like, like, like all the stars need to align for me to watch any of these games. Mm-hmm. So there's no way it's going to fucking happen. But yeah. for the record, I picked North Carolina in my bracket. Yeah, I'm a – yeah, I got Michigan, and um, I'm trying to win a five-pack of cigars. So that will definitely be my uh, – that's my motivation. Might as well. <laughs> So, um, uh, before I read what I think is the last thing, let me check the Twitter real quick and see if I forgot something. I don't think I did, but I think I got everything. Um, yep. So, um, so the last thing is an email from Mr. Monotone, who, um, is a local DJ. He did our, uh. He did the theme music for um, my other podcast about comic book shows called Earth Mightiest Cast. Earth's Mightiest Cast. Earth. Yeah, yeah. you can find that on Twitter, at uh, Mightiest Cast. Um, I just talk about comic book shows and shit. Um, but uh, he sent an email saying, and I thought I did read this one because he sent it right before we started recording. So I did read this one. And these are some, uh, he sent two questions, pretty fucking good questions. Um 
I read the first one and then we'll answer that and then I'll read the second one since they're two totally different topics. So I won't read the whole thing at once. Um, he said, uh, first time, long time. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. It's, okay, I get it. Um, one, on most issues that y'all talk about on the podcast, I notice that you two usually tend to agree by the end of any given topic, even if you disagree initially. I know you two are friends, and friends tend to have a lot of shit in common. But what do y'all niggas really disagree on, if anything? That's the question. Um, You'd have to tell me, because I feel like I'm way vocal and way more emphatic about the shit that I believe in. And I don't know if you, like, it might be times where you might feel like, I don't think I agree with that. But you might not say it. Um, I can't think of, let's see. Uh, only thing that comes to the top of my head is that you wasn't a fan of uh, uh, the Pimper Butterfly, <laughs> uh, and I think that's the only thing I could really think of off top. Um, I, I feel like if I would have read the email earlier, I might have been able to think of some more stuff. But um, that's the only current thing I could really think about. Uh, I, I, I do. I. I Kind of piggybacking off that question, I wonder how interesting a pod- our podcast would be if we like disagree like much more than we agree on <laughs> uh, about topics on the on the show. I think it would probably be far more interesting. <laughs> I, th- I think that'd be pretty cool. And when we decided to do this podcast, we didn't know each other to the point where it was like. Oh, this guy thinks the same thing I think. We should do a podcast together. Right. It was more of a thing like we were available, we're opinionated, and we have time. Like it was kind of like let's do this, and it just so happened that we tend to agree on a lot. It was yeah. I, so, I, def- I definitely yeah. I hate to have to agree with you on that one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely uh, agree. Yeah, it was. He definitely- came like Ray J. You know what? Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I think the 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 premise of the podcast is that you know we wanted to be able to have a a showcase for just opinions and things of that nature, and I don't think we ever I never went into it thinking that you know we would have like totally opposing opinions or we would agree on a lot of stuff. I just you know I guess my thoughts of the podcast was just you know being able to just shoot the shit on certain stuff and you know whatever topics have you know have come up or whatever we would uh. It would just be discussed, not necessarily, you know, agreeing or uh, or, or disagreeing. Um, and I don't think, you know, not that we're, like, popular by any means or, like, crazy success or anything, anything but I don't see, see, you know, disagreeing for the sake of, for the sake of the show. Um, but um, I think, you know, I, I, I think we should do whatever, whatever works. And it just so happened the last almost two years. Man, it's almost two years. Uh, the last two years, you know, we've we've probably agreed more than we've disagreed. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I can't, I can't really think of uh, anything that we really disagreed on. And it just kind of like it was just kind of a coincidence, really. Because uh, I've actually said that I've had this. Uh, suggestion before it hasn't worked out but and i'm not gonna push for it really but there's been times where i've suggested that we have people on the podcast that i don't like 
<laughs> and that like people who I know that I just do not like. And I was like, you know, while I do not like this person or these people, I feel like it might make for a better episode for us to have somebody on who just blatantly disagrees with me. And I, I feel like that will make for a really interesting podcast. I think it would be an interesting episode or two. I don't know if if that was if we could successfully do that and and make it work. But I think it would probably be cool if we found people that didn't have like you know that had somewhat opposing views on stuff. Um, but that'd be hard. I think if we were doing a podcast where we were doing like a person that was calling in or something, we can kind of you know the circle will kind of open as far as potential. You know, folks, but you know, dealing with that we are on a local scale, and you know, people we've had on here has been local people that you know we've, for the most part, had good rapport with, and not necessarily like you know against and so forth. Um, it'd be a stretch to find someone that we just totally disagree with shit to be able to just say, "Hey, come by," and you know, let's shoot yeah. the shit, you know. But um, I still think that would be cool, though. Like, yeah, I think it would be. I think to it like would actually be. argue it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would. I think it definitely would. Um, but um, I'm hoping this year that we will be able to push having just more people on the show. Period. You know, we've had a few thoughts about people, and I guess we like to. I like to open it up to see. You know, uh, if there are people that you would suggest, you guys would, would suggest that are local that you think will be a good guest on the show. Uh, we really want to open up for that, and so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put that on you guys. Uh, if you have people that you think that would be a, a cool guest on the show, let us know because we would definitely love to uh, to have have some more folks and so forth. And we have a few people, you know, we kind of briefly talked about people having on have a one one I really would like to uh, to have on, and um, hopefully Mike will facilitate that that guest, um, but. Yeah, so whatever happens, but. I'll work on it. Um, well, here's the thought: I feel like maybe the disagreement wouldn't be too crazy strong, but I feel like we probably disagree to a to a degree on religion. Yeah, and we don't talk about it much, but yeah, I think that's probably a a, a disagreement. Um. Yeah, actually, yeah, that 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 probably would. Um, although you know, I've uh, reverted to being mo- mostly heathen, so um, <laughs> I couldn't even give a fair fight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would probably be it. Um, other than that, though, I think you know, you you know, religions a religion aside or beliefs aside, you know, once if you have people to just you know have good vibes things of that nature, you know, a lot of times that kind of that helps in, you know, friending people or, you know, agreeing with people and things of that nature. So, yeah, I don't think we would be out here really um like arguing like debating going hard cuz like it would kind of be like it's not even really worth it. But I do think that I think I think religion would probably be something we don't agree on. Like maybe if we got some questions specifically about it, we would discuss it, but like I generally don't want to discuss it really, and I feel like you probably don't either. So it's kind of like it's kind of like what's the point, right? But I don't know. I feel like that might be something. That's probably something we don't really agree on necessarily, but not know. something that we would be at each other's necks about either, right? 
<clears throat> I don't know. And I think maybe, you know, if in future podcasts, we will kind of, you know, maybe kind of think of, of, of things that we may kind of be at odds at to kind of discuss just for the sake of since Mr. Monito wants us to like rant at each other and shit. So I know that'd be probably good entertainment for him. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So the second question is, um, Mike expressed to me that he doesn't listen to R and B. I want to know why. Does it does it stem from R and B seeming to be soft in comparison to rap hip hop? Is it because of the quality of modern R and B? How does Otis feel about R and B? I'll hang up and listen. Um. Well, I I def, I enjoy R and B. I um, fag. No, I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I have no idea why Mike wants to be so hard and not like R and B. No, um, I don't know. I I enjoy R and B just like I enjoy rap. I I probably I think I, if I had to pick a genre, I enjoy most probably uh, probably jazz. But um, yeah, I I don't really have a a set genre. I just wouldn't listen to. I've never really been into rock. I've never really been in the country. Um, never been in to those. So um, you won't really find me. Uh, Bumping any insert random rock, insert random country artists. So where do you stand on R and B? Like you said, you like it, but I mean, like, like, I don't know how, like, how strongly do you like it? Like you said, jazz will be your favorite genre. So how, so if you could rank them, how'd you rank them? I'm assuming, like, look, well, we'll leave it at jazz, hip hop. I would, I would say R&B. jazz. I would say jazz, hip hop, R and B. R and B would probably be the least out of the three, but I don't think it takes away of it being a least. Um, I probably listen to more jazz R and B than I mean jazz rap than R and B, but um, yeah, that's it's 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 still one. They're all in like pretty decent rotation. Um, but it, what's what's your uh, thing with R and B? Why you don't like R and B, Doug? Um, I don't like singing. Oh, <laughs> I think and I I don't like singing. I I feel like I don't know. For me, singing is boring. Like most, and it's not it's not a specific to R and B thing. It's about singing in general. Like I don't like, um, I don't like musicals. I don't like American Idol. I don't like, I don't. Re- I I really don't like anything with singing. And I I can't really pinpoint specifically why, but I just find it boring. And it doesn't really have anything to do with like a comparison to hip hop either. Like I think it's soft versus hip hop being hard, and I feel like I gotta be gangster because really. I don't even really like I like hip hop in the sense of like um I like it historically like in the like over the course of my life I like hip hop but like if you ask me right now at how old am I? 34? Yeah, I'm saying, like if you ask me right now at 34 like do like if do you like hip hop? I would say I like it in general, but do I like it now? Not really. Like I liked it. <laughs> yeah, like I liked it. Do I like it right now? Not really. I don't. I don't even really listen to hip hop no more. Like so. Um, my taste. Nigga, like I listen to podcasts, nigga. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, I listen to like, like my entertainment is. Movies have always been my number one passion as far as my primary source of entertainment. And then, like, TV, podcasts, news, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I just don't, hip-hop to me is, at this moment, is largely whack as fuck, and R&B, I just don't like singing. 
Like, it's just boring to me, man. I, I can't, like, I, I can't, I don't listen to, like, R&B and feel anything. Like, I, because I'm not a very emotional person. So, like, I don't relate to emotional shit. And emotions are a lot that has to do with R&B. Like, it's about, you know, they'll be singing about love or, you know, uh, shit like that. All that emotional shit, like, I don't care about that, man. I'm not emotional at all. Does, does your wife listen to R&B, a lot of R&B? Um, not, I mean... She doesn't listen to a lot of R&B, but she does like it. And she she likes music and she likes singing. And she likes singing to the same degree that I don't like singing. Like so so like it doesn't it doesn't mesh well with us with us very well at all because I I don't like singing at all and she loves it. Like she will go she will want to go to ballets or the opera or something like that. She'll think that shit is cool. I'll fall asleep on that shit. I'll be up in there like mad, like, oh my god, this is so fucking boring. Like, I can't. It doesn't even really compute with me. Like, I'll be at like a a ballet or something like that, and I don't even understand what's going on because it just doesn't register with my brain. I'm like, can you just have dialogue? Like, why are you singing everything? Like, it seems like a weird form of communication. Like, why can't you just talk? Like, why do you have to sing everything? Like, I don't even understand what you're doing right now. Can you just, I don't know, talk regular? Like, it, it just. I don't know. That's when I get dumb. Like, I get dumb when it comes to singing because it all just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't compute. And my brain just shuts off. So, for me, with R&B, like, um, I liked it a bit back in the 90s. But right now, I don't I don't care. And it came up because he told he asked me if I heard Anderson Pox's album. The dude that was on Dre's album. It's actually pretty dope. Yeah, well, he said that it was pretty dope, and he was like, it's kind of like an R&B album. I was like, oh, I'm never going to listen to it then. And he was like, what? He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't fuck with R&B like that. So, yeah, if if, if the Anderson Pac album is like an R&B album, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to listen to it. I'm just not. It's boring to me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've always liked uh, hip-hop, R&B. Um, uh, I think both of those uh, genres... Uh, were I think equally as good in the nineties. Um, cause I think nineties is nineties, mid nineties is my favorite era of rap. Um, and it's probably my it's favorite, my favorite era. era of everything. <laughs> like, right. like rap, R and B movies, TV, like everything. Yeah, it's my it's, favorite it's era really of everything. It's hard to beat the nineties as far as what it gave to, you know, just for sound. Like, I mean, and it don't even really have nothing to do with the fact that that's the age that we kind of grew up in because I'll listen, I'll listen to everything. So like, I'll go back and listen to shit from the eighties or well, pretty much the eighties as far as back you can go for like hip hop. But like, I'll go back for like, I'll watch like movies and TV or whatever from the seventies, sixties, fifties, whatever. And every, out of all the decades of stuff that I've consumed across the board, the nineties shit always seems the best to me. And even if it wasn't shit that I listened to in the 90s or that I consumed in the 90s, even if I listen to it now or watch it now, it's something like the 90s shit just always seems better to me. I, I don't know. I just felt like that was the best time. No, it was definitely one of the better times in music, just period. And um, I always found myself listening to a lot of older, a lot of 90s hip-hop and R&B, no matter what. Uh, even in jazz, hell, jazz had a. Uh, I mean, ninety, like you say, nineties was just a better, a better era of music. Uh, period. Even like you say, even movies. And it's weird because you know we think of the nineties, it's like we weren't older than ninety. Those were our teen years. 
mm-hmm. know, so it's not like we were like seasoned, you know, adults and, you know, thinking like, man, the 90s are great. No, most ages, most people, I mean, if they have a, uh, any kind of fucking reference to what good sound is, they reference the 90s as like the greatest era of music. Yeah. It's not just us. And I think also that plays into another example, and this kind of segues into one of the topics that I had on my phone about uh, for us to to discuss tonight. I said that for me, R&B, I don't really like singing. And then I also don't like emotional shit. So like they'd be singing about love and feelings and all that shit. And that shit is just like boring to me. I don't care. And one of my topics that I I wanted to talk about tonight before I saw the vast multitude of emails that we got was that I realized why I don't like podcasts that have all women. <laughs> and, how, and, and I hate how sexist it sounds, but the reason for that is when I listen to a podcast that has all women on it, they care about shit that I don't care about, like emotions and feelings and relationships. So like I'll listen to a a podcast about Okay, so okay, here's here's a perfect example. So I have I'm subscribed to two podcasts about the Flash, the TV show The Flash. One is called The Flash Podcast. It's hosted by a male and two women. The guy is a gay guy. The other podcast I listen to is two guys. The reason that I realize that I don't like The Flash Podcast anymore is because it feels like I'm listening to all women. The gay guy isn't just a... <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not because... It's not the, that he's gay. It's the fact that he is on there talking about how much he loves all the female characters when characters on the female characters on the CW are notoriously poorly written. Like, they're horribly written characters. And it's not me, like, I don't like female characters. Because I love female characters, like, for instance, on, like, Agent Carter, it's a show that comes on ABC. I feel like the female lead on that is phenomenal. And I always say, like, this is how you should write female characters. But the problem is that a lot of TV show writers are mostly men. And if you want to have a strong, a strong female character on a show... I don't think it's in your best interest to have a male write that character. And it's the same thing when you say, like, if you want to make a a movie about black people or about slavery, wouldn't you rather have a black person write that movie and a white person? Like, it just makes more sense. So if you're if you want a a well-written female character, you probably want a woman to write it. And the female characters on CW shows are notoriously poorly written. But this guy, like, st- like completely stands for all the female characters on the show just because they're women. Like, it's like, they are just, it's not just me. Like, they are poorly written characters. So, like, he'll be talking about all the women characters and how great they are, even though they're shitty. He'll talk about all the relationships. Like, oh, I love shipping these characters. That's a term on, on podcasts is, like, shipping characters. Putting them, putting them in relationships. So, like, and that's something that the CW does a lot on their shows. Even with superhero shows, they always try to have, like, some sort of, like, love triangle or some sort of romantic interest. And I hate that shit. Because, like I said, I don't like emotional shit. Like, it means nothing to me. So, like, who's dating who? I don't give a fuck. That's why I hated um, Grey's Anatomy. 
toward like its later run. Like when I, I watched Grey's Anatomy when it first started, and I was like, oh, it's a dope medical show. And then it became all about who's fucking who in a hospital, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about relationships, who's dating who, who's fucking who. I don't care. None of that matters to me. So he cares about all that kind of shit. And that's a term on these shows is like or on podcasts about TV shows is about shipping characters. Like we're going to ship this character with this other one, put them in like a relationship on the show. And he cares about all that shit. And then he'll talk about like he saw like an emotional scene and he started crying and shit like that. I'm like, man, what are you fucking crying on some damn TV show over who's over somebody just dating somebody else? Like all these two bro- characters broke up and I was crying. And I'm like, you fucking pussy, what are you crying for? Like, he sounds like my wife. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I don't like that podcast because it's basically listen. It's basically like listening to all women talk about relationships and crying and and putting people in relationships and all that dumb shit that I don't give a fuck about and that I wish they took out of the TV shows. Whereas the one with the, all the the one with the two guys, they just talk about the show. They talk about like the actual aspects of the show, like the acting or the storyline or or what what do you think is going to happen between with this storyline? Where do you think this is going to go? You know, all that shit that matters to me within the context of a TV show, not about who's fucking who. And that's kind of that kind of plays into my problem with R&B music is like I I don't care about who you broke up with and how sad it made you and uh your man leaving you or how much you love your man or how great the sex is and all that all that e- emotional relationship shit I don't care about that. It doesn't ha- it has no like, I feel nothing. Like I just feel emptiness. I don't want to listen to music and feel emptiness. And that's how I feel <laughs> listening to R&B really. So yeah, that's that's why I don't like it cuz it, it it makes me feel nothing. Whereas at least hip hop I can feel like uh energy from it. You know, I can feel like I like the way this sounds. Uh it makes me want to nod my head or it makes me want to turn it up or I like these lyrics and shit like that. Like all the shit on R&B I just be feeling like, "Yeah, I don't care about any of this at all." If they start making R&B music about, I don't know, killing people, maybe I'll <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. Relate music about relationships and breaking up, and I I don't know bores me to death. I don't care. So yeah, that's why. Well, I'm pretty right. sure that was a sufficient answer. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty <laughs> thorough. Pretty thorough. Yeah, pretty thorough. And it, this is something that I've just pieced together over the course of the past couple of weeks, listening to podcasts, and yeah, and then how much my wife likes that shit. Like she watches The Bachelor. Like, man, fuck The Bachelor, that fake-ass shit. Like, one, it's fake, and two, it's all about... It's about all the shit that I just said, about relationships and dating and who's in love with who and who's fucking who and what this other bitch doing and... I I don't care about none of that shit, man. Yeah. So, um... I had other topics, but we could save them. Where where are we at? We're running up on two hours like usual, so... I mean, I could save them. For another time, and we can wrap it up if you want, unless you got something you want to talk about. Um, I think no, I think we pretty much covered. I I really didn't have much to talk about today, but I think with the um, the user, um, the user, the listener uh, <laughs> emails, uh, we were uh, definitely had a pretty good, uh, pretty good conversation and topic and stuff. So um, definitely shout out to those folks who uh, hit us up, uh, William uh, Bowden to uh, Beta the Great and Sophia, Mister Monotone. And uh, we definitely encourage, you know, and all the feedback we're about to get about how much of a soulless, black-hearted 
piece of shit I am. Sexist. Uh, You're a sexist. Yeah, uh, I forgot that. Uh, human being. Um, so definitely uh, keep uh, keep the interaction up. We definitely appreciate it. Definitely uh, adds to the podcast and so forth. So other than that, I ain't really got too much. I think we can uh, make sure we save whatever you have for next week, and uh, we will uh, um, address that and more next week. Uh, make sure you uh, y'all hit us up on uh, with more feedback because I mean, shit, we got a whole episode just off feedback. So right, uh, hit us with feedback. And that's and, only like four or five people, so you know, right. for any others that you know. Um, that want to you know uh, add to the conversation and stuff. You know, we're 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 asking for it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for interaction. Just because I think it's cool to be able to uh, to interact with people who actually listen to us versus just our versus us just running our mouths on random topics we have, which is kind of a purpose of the show. But you know, we we you know we think that you know interaction is definitely dope. Um, so uh, and hit us yeah. up with a. Uh... I I would like to get some feedback on some disagreement type shit too, like because I know I'd be saying shit that y'all can't possibly agree with. Like I, like, well, I'm, I'll say uh, we we were in uh, we were tweeting after we did the the curious case of Kardashian last week. You know, we were on Twitter talking to you know some of the uh, folks about you know just just the opinions of how they differ. You know, uh, Shasta, is it no shit? Uh yes, that is a name. But did she say something that? Yeah, you were we were about? talking about just the whole thing of uh, Kim Kardashian and shaming and oh yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So you know, we definitely welcome you know if you have a different opinion, you know, because oh know, yeah, me and her were kind of going, we were going back and forth for a minute. Yeah, and, and she knew know, it was me, even though yeah. I was tweeting from the yeah, podcast. Funny as hell, she knew it was <laughs> she you, knew dude. It was me. And I don't know, I don't know because I had tweeted so long winded motherfucker. I had tweeted. <laughs> I had tweeted her from my um, Twitter account, so maybe she just figured since you were tweeting from that one that you were. I don't know, but no, you know. I have a very distinctive I, uh, <laughs> motherfuckers know it's me when I'm tweeting. I can tweet from the what up though; they'll know it's me because you you if you tweet from the podcast page, it'll be like a quick like one shot type deal. My ass will fire off like three or four full 140 character tweets <laughs> in response to one question and shit. I gotta switch up. I gotta start giving longer responses. With Mag, so don't know. And you gotta throw in commas, man. I like commas. Commas. So yeah, yeah throwing yeah. some commas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, fuck up some commas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So yeah, uh, you know, we we even disagreements. I mean, I think the whole a lot of a lot of you know that we want to have is just open discussions on stuff. So whether it's you know tweeting us a response or emailing us or. Or whatever the case. So um, I definitely if, wish some Hillary supporters would hit us up, dude. That would be cool. If we, uh, yeah, that would be definitely dope. Because I sure I, don't see none, even though she's getting all these fucking votes. I would actually, and I don't know, if we would find them, but if we even had Trump supporters. That would be dope as hell too. Yeah. Um, so uh, remember, you know, um, what's the name? Um, Curtis. His uh, Twitter name is uh, it's like Curtis, but without the I. C U R T S S, something like that. Yes. He was tweeting me saying that. Um, C-U- you know what I'm talking about Kurtz, Curtis, C U R T C U R T T S. Oh, two T's and one S. Okay, yeah. I said one T and two S. So two T's and one S. But he was tweeting me saying that, and this was maybe like maybe like a two weeks ago. But he was saying that he personally knows a lot of. Well, I don't know. I don't say personally knows, he but knows he knows of black people who are Trump supporters. And I was asking him about you know what what. 
you know, well, why? Well, I th- well, you know, I think I think we we should probably reach out to him this week and see if he would email us and uh, just give us kind of thoughts on what he think of the folks. So we'll do that. But it would be it would be like you said, it'd be preferable to get actual Trump supporters to hit us up. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe they, you know they contact people they know and so forth, especially and, if there's a smart one. Yeah, so I think it's we're unlikely, gonna, but I think we're going to tweet that. I think we're going to tweet that. You know, if we have any if you know anybody you know that's a Trump supporter to email us. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be a good and, idea. Um, um, see what they what they say. I would definitely be interested. We both would be interested in uh, seeing that. So, um, uh, although we don't require it, but if you do have Twitter questions, you know, use the hashtag Ask What Up Though. Um, that helps one promote the podcast. Two, we will actually see your questions, um, and we can share them with folks and so forth. And uh, yeah, so um. See. Oh, go ahead. No, before we wrap up, I also wanted to try to give like a shout out to some of the other podcasts that we fuck with, whether it's people that we know personally or podcasts that we listen to. So, um, just I mean, just a thing like, hey, you know, fuck with them too, like, because I, I was trying to start a podcast ring where all of us would try to get try to get together and form a group of like podcasts that we can all interact with each other, interact with each other's followers. And um, so I, I don't have a definitive plan for that at the moment, but I do want to try to at least get the get the thought out there of, hey, you guys should fuck with this podcast. This one's cool. Fuck with this one. This one's cool, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you got any podcasts that you want to shout out? Um, well, I have a, a, I have a cousin who does a sort of a podcast, but it's more of a of all of our music podcasts where he pretty much just plays music and it's kind of the different of what all the stuff we do. But does he talk about it at all? Or? He he pretty much um he pretty much just plays music. He does it's a jazz uh podcast a, a show. It's just a one man show and mm-hmm. he pretty much just plays jazz and gives history sometimes. Oh okay. About certain stuff. But uh sounds interesting. Um yeah it's actually pretty dope. Um you said it's a cousin of yours? It's a cousin of mine, okay. yeah. Um and I uh damn what is his fucking Twitter name. Um, it is. Take one second. It's pro. It's prototype, but let's see. Uh, prototype seven oh nine, and he does a. Uh, That's I, his Twitter name. It's, yeah, Twitter name is okay. prototype seven oh nine, and he does a cool. He called it, it, it. I guess you would put in the name of podcast, but it's more of a. A, a music set or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but it's pretty dope does he um, play music like it, like he when plays I say play, music no when I say play music I don't mean like no. plays other people's music does other, he actually no, play no, no, music no 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 he plays like other perform music. no oh, okay. no not performing not performing he okay. plays other music but uh for, uh, for, for folks that are actually in the jazz is pretty dope um I'll uh tweet those and so that's one I would think of um what about your, uh, wait, Terrence what is their their podcast yeah I was pulling it up it's called Hollywood Already Did It and it's kind of it's it's similar to the podcast that I do about comic book TV shows, but they talk about um, they basically talk about shit that's current that's been done before. So to kind of put that in perspective, it's like um, so right now they're currently covering uh, Batman versus Superman. So Batman versus Superman comes out on the twenty fifth, I believe, and right now they're doing podcasts where they cover. They're basically doing their own Batman versus Superman podcast. So they did 
podcast episodes. So they did an episode where they debated the merits of... Yeah, I saw that. You fuck up. Um, where they debated the original Superman from... I think it was 1979 or 8. The, the original Christopher Reeve Superman from the, like, the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And they pitted it against the original Batman from 89. And then they did another episode where they pitted um, Man of Steel against Batman Begins. And then I think they're probably going to drop one this week where they pit... No, no, they, they pitted Superman Returns, the one that started starred Brandon Routh. Um, they put that up against Batman Begins, and I would imagine that this week they're going to drop an episode where they pit Man of Steel up against The Dark Knight, and they're going to do Batman versus Superman when that drops. And they kind of just review stuff that's been done before. So they had an episode where um, they reviewed... Um, like a, a, So, for instance, they had one about Kung Fu Panda, actually, where they talked about uh, all the Kung Fu Panda movies... Um, they had one where they talked about uh, Fantastic Four movies, like just shit that's been done over and over. Oh, okay. And, um, that's what's up. Yeah, it's called Hollywood Already Did It. Um, their Twitter name is Hollywood ADI, so Already Did It. Um, that's their Twitter name at Hollywood ADI. That's a it's a pretty good podcast. It's um my friend Terrence and two other guys who I don't know, and um. Yeah, it's pretty good. They have, and it's it's very it's very well organized. They have um, they split it up into three sections. Like they they it's it's almost split up split up. It's basically split up in the past, present, future. They'll compare two things from the past, and then the the present, whatever whatever Hollywood is currently doing, and then they'll talk about where they feel that whatever that particular franchise is, whatever it is, whatever they think that franchise can do or will do in the future. So. Uh, that's pretty interesting, uh, and um, so we obviously we we uh, personally deal with what would they say next uh, podcast. Um, I don't know. I think their podcast is like WW uh, <laughs> whatever. Their at name their, their Twitter name is uh, WWTS podcast. No, I'm sorry, WWTSN podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah, uh, what will they say next? The acronym uh, and, podcast. Uh, liquid, at Liquid Slap and at Flat at P-H-L-A-T-T. Yeah, he don't um, tweet, though, so don't don't yeah, worry about him. Tweet, just, yeah, don't and he's a fuckboy, so there's that, <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> so don't tweet him because he doesn't tweet, and don't tweet him because he's a fuckboy. But uh, we're, uh, well, it was definitely, my uh, mic uh, initiated, and we're kind of working on doing like a circle, a network of our, you know, podcast that we you know we do and support and look out for the hashtag dcast mm-hmm. hashtag uh d c s t s c a s t s correct um if you search that hashtag it's only two tweets that has it i did it we did a tweet from our uh what of the podcast and then it's another tweet from somebody like three years ago or something so it's our hashtag now right um <laughs> <laughs> so it's ours now, and you know, and when you know, when Mike had uh, talked about you know wanting to do a kind of like a ne- uh, a circle where we promote our podcast, I have been thinking about that just because you know I I did a search on Twitter like Detroit podcast and like none of us showed up. Like what exactly did you typed in Detroit podcast? Yeah, in Twitter mm-hmm. in the search and. 
none of our shit showed up. And so I was just like, and I know, you know, searches is pretty much about keywords or whatever. So it's like, you know, mostly a matter of us using Detroit and podcasts when we tweet. But what I saw is like, there's, there's like a ton of fucking podcasts in Detroit and they're like all like white folks. And not that I have nothing against them, but I feel I like do. we no, need to, we, we should be in the, the same circle of a lot of these other uh, podcasts and things of that nature. So it's like, if we can't, you know, be in a circle of those, we just make our own circle and, you Correct. know, push our own stuff. So um, we're definitely working towards, you know, getting that circle of, you know, podcasts that we do um, and we support and so forth. So, yeah. So the basic idea is we want to, we want to, hit every aspect of podcasting in our ring. So it would be, so for us, you, you guys know what we do. We basically just talk about like current events and, and, and news and, and hot, to- not, I won't say hot topics. Cause it's not really, we don't really do pop culture shit anymore. Like we're not going to talk about love and hip hop and that shit, but like, um, but you know, we do kind of like just general news discussion and, and shit like that. And, um, we want to touch on all different kinds of aspects of life. So with uh, what would they say next? They have a more, a less news oriented per se. And it's more to like two friends talking shit. And it's, it, it has a, it's random, but it's not random. It's like, it's a calculated random. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel that, you know, I feel like we, we have our niches in podcasting mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, we have our niche and, you know, the topics we, we, we do and things of that nature. And what would they say next definitely has their niche. Uh, you know, uh, what I, I think what I really like about the What Would They Say Next podcast is that it just seems like a a, a conversation, a natural just con- – it doesn't seem really forced. It's just like two dudes just chilling and they just call each other. And, which you know, which is kind of what people will say about us. But in the same – in the, the differences that, like – I feel like ours is more like we have scripted topics and I feel like they have topics, but their topics aren't in the same vein of the topics that we have. They have, like you said, they have their niche and, and their niche is more like, um, we're going to talk about goofy shit. That's going to make you laugh and it's going to make us laugh. And it just kind of, it feels very off the cuff, even though I don't really think it is. Whereas ours is a, a bit more calculated. We have, set news topics and emails and shit like that that we discuss. Um, and then my friend Terrence's podcast, uh, Hollywood already did it is more movie TV based. My other podcast, Earth's Mightiest cast is, is more, uh, TV, TV based. Then we want to add in like, like if we added your cousin's podcast into the circle, that would be, uh, a music based one. And, right. and you said he's his is jazz, but we can add another one. Like if we know somebody else who does a music based one that's more uh, less genre specific and more and more overall music, or that's even specific to a different genre. And then um, my friend Steve is uh, about to drop a new podcast about is, sports when is or about part, football. When is their podcast dropping? He said he hopes to drop it before the end of the month. So uh, that would be more about football. So that would be hit the more you know sports aspect of it. So. I feel like we would we would cover basically the entire, you know, entertainment aspects if we all, you know, joined our forces like Voltron and made one fucking podcast ring that was Voltron and we were we were each a lion. That's a obscure reference for probably most of our listeners, but that's that's the general idea is each podcast will be a lion and we would all form Voltron. Uh, I guess a more current version would be like 
Power Rangers or some stupid yeah, we would, shit. I think, you know, I, I think it'd be cool if we, you know, we would have like a, almost like a one-stop shop for like podcasts. It's like, you know, our circle, you know, exactly. we have music, we have, you know, current events, we have sports, we have movies, we have TV shows. Yeah, and you fuck um, with what you like and you, you, you might know, find something new that you didn't know that you would like. Right, right. So that's definitely the goal um, and hopefully we'd be able to... Uh, let, um, have more for you guys, but you know, we definitely started with the hashtag DCAST, and then you know, that'll be one that you could actually follow to find all of the other podcasts. So, hopefully, you know, the next couple of months, you'll be able to, you know, either look at any of our, our Twitter, uh, you know, our Twitter accounts to, you know, find other podcasts or search the hashtag and find other podcasts, our, our podcast that, you know, we support. So, um, and I've noticed too, I found, uh, I had, did you ever notice that we had a, it was another, a local podcast that followed our Twitter page? No, what was it? <sighs> Shit. I might've noticed it, but I don't recall at the moment. It was, I could tell you in one second, they were called. I'm surprisingly not that drunk. Um, it's pretty impressive. Um, well, their their at name is um, Grime Empire. No, nah, I have no idea. Yeah, they followed us recently, and they're from Detroit. And some guys, the uh, local guys. So, um, if they're listening, I would ho- I would like to get some feedback. I'm gonna actually try to listen to their podcast sometime this week. Not on the today shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, no, and, I mean and, we can hit them up them though. Up. Like, yeah, you know, I would up? definitely like just uh, here, but I would uh, you know definitely want a circle of uh, of stuff. So we'll see. And if going. you guys know. Or are uh, creators of any podcast that you think could fit into that ring, you can hit us up too. Like uh, the only real criteria is that you got to be either Detroit based or at least have like a Detroit uh, personality on there. Because like the Hollywood already did it isn't Detroit based, but Terrence is from Detroit, and then my friend Steve, his his podcast, he lives in Arizona now, but he's from here. So and his with him being a football guy. His podcast is going to be heavy with the lion shit. So, um that'll still have a strong Detroit feel. And for local folks, I think that'd be that'd be that'd be a cool podcast to listen to. It's, you know, I've seen so many other podcasts about local sports and shit like that. Yeah, and then we can and then we can also uh intermingle. So like we can have we can combine the podcast. We can like we've had Liquid Slap from uh what would they say next on ours, but like we could have like, you know, we could pop up on Terrence's podcast or uh, Steve could pop up on our podcast or, you know, whatever, you know, because he's he's wanted to talk lions on our podcast before. So, you know, he could talk lions on our podcast, We you know, when the season start back up or if we got a podcast about. um, OK, like so. So say if like William Bowen started a fitness podcast, that would be something, too. We could, you know, we could put that in the ring and then we could hop on his shit and talk about fitness. Uh, you know, whatever. So it, it'd be a good way to to mix the podcast, mix the listeners, get more uh, listeners for each each podcast, and just make for a better overall listening experience for ev- for everybody who says like, "Hey, I want to, you know, I want to get in the podcast. Let me check out this Detroit, you know, community podcast and see what they got to offer." And they could say, you know, they could pick and choose. I, I like music. Let me holler at this podcast. You know, so. Uh, I think it's a good idea. It's, it's it's an idea in the works at the moment, but that's kind of where uh, we like to go with it. Yep. So, um, 
As always, uh, you can hit our uh, email up at What Up The Podcast at uh, Gmail or our Twitter at What Up The Podcast or our individual Twitters, uh, Blame Otis and Michael underscore Aaron. And uh, other than that, uh, I guess we had nothing else and we'll see you guys next week. Yep, we will. Peace.